The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Podcast. I am your host, Roz Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hey, y'all. It has been a little minute since I have done a actual podcast where I am the one talking. Y'all have been hearing a lot from interviews, and I've kind of had a couple weeks where I didn't post podcasts. It has been a very busy last couple of weeks for me, but I am super excited to be back in front of the microphone with y'all this week because all this month I'm going to be talking about mental health. So particularly always on my podcast, I talk about mental health and I give you some specifics into maybe my experience with mental health, maybe um, interviewing some amazing people around their experience with mental health or a topic that I think would be great but I'm going to be celebrating this month with you all. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And there's an opportunity for me to just begin to share a little bit more of the practical side of around mental health and really give you some education. Um, I do believe that there is still such a high stigma around mental health, although I do feel like the pandemic has just honestly brought so much um I don't know if buzz is what I want to the word I want to use or more of just the conversation around mental health and really like taking away the hidden space of what this space is really about. And so I want to give you some more of a professional background um, so that way you can kind of know a little bit more about what mental health is, what it looks like. So I'm going to be covering topics around anxiety, depression, some of those common um, things we see within this space so that way you all can have just a better perspective around what mental health is but also giving you some tools that you can really utilize I'm going to be sharing a ton of different resources over the next month so that way you can really begin to start working a little bit more on your own mental health so that way you can feel more equipped more just understanding of what it is and really just what it looks like so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a view today around the basics of mental health. I just want you to kind of understand what mental health is. So that way you can feel as though you're not just kind of saying, oh, my mental health, but don't really have a framework or a background of what that actually looks like. So I'm going to give you um, some scriptures also in this podcast, because I do want to touch on why I believe mental health is so important to the father's heart, because I don't think a lot. So even also we've talked about in, and I've seen a lot of pastors and different people in the church talk a little bit about mental health and bring more of the conversation to the forefront. But I also want to give some perspective in this a little bit of what it really means to understand how this is close to the father's heart. Now I could talk about this for days and hours and there's so, this topic is so complex and so, so, so there's so many vast ways we can talk about mental health because there's so many different varieties of different things related to mental health as it relates to diagnosis, related to just proper care and wellness. And we can talk a little bit about all of those factors, but I just want to give you a baseline. And, and I'm going to try not to go on t- different tangents, 
don't want y'all to hear my heart today around why this is so important to me and I believe so important to God. Hey sis, are you currently in therapy? Then let me tell you about an amazing tool that I created and have been using since I started therapy three and a half years ago. It's called the Therapy Reflection Journal. Have you ever finished a therapy session and thought, girl, what did we talk about? Or a couple of days later, like, gosh, that was such a good point and I don't remember it. Or maybe you want a journal where you can reflect on what you and your therapist discussed to dig deeper into your mental health and really, really, really work on what you and her talked about. Well, I absolutely got you covered since you definitely need the Therapy Reflection Journal. This journal was designed for those of you that are in therapy that want to take notes during your session, write down homework, and it even has reflection pages for you to dig deeper following your sessions. It's basically your therapy journal to track your entire experience. I found that when I was going to therapy, I always would take a blank journal with me. And when my therapist would ask, okay, so how did you um, reflect on last session? I would be flipping through my journal, like, where did I write that down? Where did I write that down? And I wanted to create a structured journal to keep up with all of those sessions, all of those notes, reflections, all in one. I still use mine to this day, literally. And I even refer back to it when I'm looking for different things. You can start using it today, even if you've been in therapy. So... Go ahead and grab your copy by going to rosinrenee.com backslash journal or go to the link in the show notes. I can't wait for you to use it. The Therapy Reflection Journal is your reflection journal for your therapy experience. Now, let's get back to the show. So first, brief definition. Um, Let's just give a definition of mental health. So mental health by definition is it encompasses the emotional psychological and social well-being it really interacts with how we think feel and act additionally with this it goes with how we handle stress relate to others and make choices so if i'm gonna break this down the emotional side of mental health that deals with your emotions your feelings what you're feeling on the inside of yourself how your body reacts to certain feelings psychologically is your thoughts and around what your mind your mind and your your mind is thinking and your social well-being is dealing with relationships so overall mental health encompasses not only our mindset our emotions but also how we interact with other people and going to how we think feel and act this goes into what we think on a daily basis what we think about other people, what we think about ourselves, what we think about what we do, all of this impacts how we feel, which is our actual emotional life, and then how we act, which is our behaviors and actions. So I know a lot of people wouldn't necessarily say they would think that mental health has tied a lot to actions, but it is. Where you are within your mental health can really be an impact of how you might be acting what things you choose, what things you do. Perfect example of this is if I'm very emotional and don't feel very up to something or feel like I'm in the right state of mind in the sense of giving to somebody or giving to a situation, I may not interact well. I may close off. I may isolate versus I'm feeling very joyous or exuberant about something. I feel very happy. I feel very optimistic My behavior is going to be the direct opposite. So I want you all to begin to understand that mental health has a lot to do with your emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It also goes with how you handle stress. 
So if you are someone that handles stress very well, um, then you may have a very good uh, mental health space. So you handle stress in a way where you communicate with others. You may share how you're feeling with somebody. You may talk through different situations versus reacting where you might have maybe a little bit more of a negative connotation or outward view. And here's the thing, how we handle stress can look very different. It's not the same for everyone. So the other thing I want you to know is that mental health has a lot to do with it and it's very individualized. So how your mental health is or how you handle different things related to your mental health is very individualized. It may not look like other people. Some people can react as far as handling stress inwardly, where they go inward. So that means they may isolate, they may cut off, they may not talk to people, they may not may or may not answer the phone. It may or may feel like some people don't understand them, so they become very inward and they close themselves off to certain things, versus maybe somebody else who handles stress can be very outwardly, meaning they um, express their emotions very loudly. They may express their emotions in an outward way. They may find ways to retaliate. They may do different things as it relates to that. And so there are unhealthy and healthy ways to manage stress, which goes into where why taking care of our mental health is helpful because there are unhealthy ways that we can handle stress versus healthy ways to handle stress really goes into your viewpoint of what is healthy and what does that look like. And so that may be if you have a problem with somebody talking to them, sharing what you feel, having a maybe an uncomfortable conversation, but comes to a resolving place where you can then have a decent conversation with someone. Handling stress in a healthy way, maybe if you're stressed out, you go for a walk. So there are unhealthy ways we handle stress and that we may find ourselves drinking more. We may find ourselves smoking. We may find ourselves wanting to engage in promiscuous activities. We may do different things. And so these handlings of stress really go back to what I said before about how we are acting. And so I believe that this is really tied to a lot of where a lot of us might be coping in specific ways, and I can really get into coping in a second, and give you kind of a definition viewpoint of what coping is and really what coping skills, you might hear that term if you're in the therapeutic space, but coping skills essentially by definition is... It basically are the things we can do in the moment when we are feeling lousy or we find that we are having some unpleasant feelings. Coping is the conscious, by definition, or unconscious strategies to uh, reduce unpleasant emotions. Coping strategies can be cognitions or behaviors that can be individual or social. So for example, and I'm going to break this down in like layman's terms so you can understand it. Coping is essentially what you do when you're triggered. So when you're triggered, this can be from anything. And if you don't even know what the word trigger means, I'm going to tell you in a minute. But along the lines of coping, really what happens is you may, something may happen and your reaction or your behavior or action after that is really what you do to utilize um, a way to reduce the feeling of maybe pain or sadness and so on and so forth. And so if I'm going to speak from a different viewpoint of just a couple of different things, you may find that if you're upset with your boyfriend 
you may go to your girlfriends and talk about it or you may share how you're feeling with them or share what's going on with them or if you're angry with your boyfriend and you really just don't even want to deal with it you may go find that you may go to a bar and drink or you may drink and to get drunk to deal with the emotion a lot of times if we're experiencing grief we may numb ourselves by really not talking about the situation or pushing it away a coping mechanism for a lot of people maybe in this time might be work so instead of actually dealing with the emotion you throw yourself into your work to essentially get your mind off of it but essentially in the back of your mind there's still something there that you may or may not have addressed but sometimes these coping skills can become so habitual that they are so centralized to our normal reactions that we don't even know that we may be coping in a negative light And so if we're understanding what this means, and I'm going to go into triggers in a minute, it's really helpful to understand that these are all tied to mental health. They're all tied to the emotional, psychological, and social well-being. Because well-being has a lot to do with how are we well emotionally, how are we well psychologically, how are we well socially. And so because these things are so tied um, to our mental space, we may or may not know that a lot of the decisions and the things that we are deciding to do really may be negative or unhealthy. If you may have grown up in a family that struggled with alcoholism, you may have seen where there's a situation where a family member got into it with another family member and they might just go drink or their resolve might be to go do something that may not have been in a net brought upon a positive um, reaction to something it may be more negative and you may not have understood why or you may have questioned yourself like why do they always go do x y and z when something happens or avoid conversations or so on and so forth and so again you see why this can be such a complex topic but I really wanted to bring light to this and bring understanding because it is so a lot of us don't know a lot of these situations are all tied to our mental health So this also goes to how we relate to others. So when it comes to as a mental health and relate to others, our relationships with people bring in a lot of what we um, do, how we interact. A lot of us may or may not have experienced negative situations in relationship with others that may have created trauma, that may have created situations where we may have even turned away from God, if I'm talking about this in the spiritual context. And so our reaction a lot of times to different situations and relationships are may or may not be negative. We may never have experienced a healthy upbringing to where we understand what it actually means to have a healthy home, to not have a home that may be dysfunctional or in your mind might feel like there's always dysfunction. And so because of that, a lot of us may be experiencing symptoms like PTSD. We may be experiencing hypervigilance due to trauma. Hypervigilance meaning you're always on edge. You're always feeling like something's going to happen that might be bad. You might have grown up in violence. And so you really are very protective of your personal space. You get very on edge or somebody's too close to you. And you may not know that these things may be tied to trauma or situations that really impact, again, your emotional, psychological, and social well-being. A lot of us, and and I'm just going to be speaking very general, but in a general sense, some people may have experienced 
sexual trauma growing up. And so you may not realize that your protective space or your own personal space was compromised. And because of that, you may have some specific viewpoints on your parents or that family member because you didn't feel like they kept you safe. And so even feeling emotionally safe goes again with your mental health because again, it goes back to that emotional, psychological and social well-being. So these are things that I personally talk a lot with with clients about, therapy clients, because it's important for us to know and begin to know that these things are all tied to the way we feel. And then lastly, but certainly not least, it goes to making choices. So when it comes to making choices with your mental health, a lot of us are going to choose things that make us feel better, that make us feel as if we're going to have healthier outcomes. But even then, some choices that we may choose, we may or may not know them. They are subconscious, meaning if I'm going to talk about um, subconscious or conscious in the subconscious, we may or may not know they're there. So they might be things that happened when we were 12. We might have saw the way our parents handled the situation and we created that narrative and that norm and kind of tacked onto it to where now we choose maybe the same things that they did. We may not know that these are all tied to our mental health space. And so I'm hoping that I'm giving you some language into this and really giving you some perspective shifts that you may or may not know, because I know a lot of times when we talk about mental health, we think mental health is very scary or we think mental health is the very overwhelming or we kind of associate it to a crazy person or we associate it to maybe those psychological diagnoses that may be like schizophrenia or um, any other diagnosis that may be unknown. And I don't want to say those are scary because they're not, but it's very like hard for us to sometimes in a general sense conceptualize that these basic things are all tied to our, our mental health. And so we don't really, because we're not aware in the general public or we haven't taken a class or we haven't been educated on this, we could just begin to associate these things as general. We don't associate childhood trauma. We may not associate um, getting into a car accident or losing a family member or um, experiencing stress at work or burnout at work or losing a job all related to our mental health because it becomes a thing where it's not discussed or we're not really educated in. And that's okay. This is part of the reason why I want to do this podcast and really give you some starting places to really think about so you can do your own due diligence and doing your own education around this topic. So why is this important to know? I think that there are, again, still a lot of misconceptions and misconceptions being Not a lot of understanding around mental health and there's a lot of shame related to it. As a general person, you know, I'm not always thinking about accounting terms or what tax, what tax brackets or, you know, forms people that do taxes fill out. And so if an accountant were to come up to me and just start throwing these terms off, I would look at them like they're crazy because first of all, I was like, girl, I don't know nothing about that. And so a lot of this, too, is like when I may say or say different things, the the uncomfortableness of not really understanding these terms of these things, because they're not everyday conversations. They're not the things that bring up real understanding because we have not talked about it. And so it's just the same sense where we talk about God and talk about the stories in the Bible, making them more practical to help them understand how they go into our everyday life is super important. 
Additionally, with that, there's a lot of shame around mental health because it, it provides a very vulnerable space. And if you have not grown up or maybe have developed a um, skill set in really knowing how to communicate your feelings, you feel as though these things shouldn't be talked about, especially in the African-American community. It's very custom for us to talk and say, you know, what goes on in this house stays in this house because it's very shameful to essentially be vulnerable or share deep things that might be hurtful because Big Mom and them didn't really experience it or they never talked about it so it didn't happen. Or if they did talk about it, they may or may not have had the language to describe what they felt. So there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of arguments. There was a lot of keep your mouth closed. There was a lot of this to just kind of close the close it a little bit or maybe like hide it away to maybe feel as though it didn't happen. So some of these things are cultural. Some of this is also, again, not really being taught. And some of this is also really just never having the language. There's a big thing when it comes to knowing how to communicate and when you know how to communicate, you know then what to pray for, you know what to ask God for, you know what to wrestle with him about because you are then at that point able to really then ask. And so some of this has a lot to do with misconception and shame. And because there's a lack of understanding, there also can be a feeling of maybe I'm not good enough because I've been through X, Y, and Z. Okay. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the literal number one place that you can get every audiobook that you can think of, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Members of Audible every month get one credit that they get to pick from any title plus two Audible originals from the monthly selection and access to daily news digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post, and so many other amazing things. So I have to tell y'all, since having my son, I have literally dreamed of just getting to be able to sit down read a book and but now it is so hard for me to do so but audible makes that so simple for me i get to listen to my book on the go in the car when i'm walking if i am on my peloton bike and i don't really want to listen to any of the music the instructor is giving i can pop the book on and even while i'm cleaning or folding laundry it is such an easy way for me to really digest information and read a quote-unquote book so currently i have to tell you about the book i'm reading which is called set boundaries buying peace by dr nidra glover tweed and it is so good i have actually never heard a perspective on boundaries the way that she explains it so i'm offering my listeners if you've never tried audible before a free copy of set boundaries find peace if you go to the link in the show notes or go to audibletrial.com backslash Rosin Renee. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial, T-R-I-A-L.com backslash R-O-S-L-Y-N-R-E-N-E. Definitely take advantage of this amazing opportunity to get this amazing book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Now, let's get back to the show. 
this is important and this goes kind of more into the spiritual part of it is that we are all beings that were created by God we have a soul and I could go so deep into what the soul is and all of that it's super important but at the core of it is it is literally our the thing that God has given us that is eternal and so because it is eternal it is the thing that we have to steward consistently and because a lot of us may have experienced a lot of trauma we have feelings and emotions that have not been processed and they really impact how we may feel we they impact how we feel about ourselves they impact how we feel towards God about God our viewpoint of God what we may look at to where even in our faith we wrestle with because we have questions of like well why did this happen what does this mean And so it really can be an attack that can be used by the enemy because we may or may not ever process it or really bring it to God or know that it's okay to talk to God about these things or that it's okay and that he cares about it. And I get so um, excited, but also emotional because I know for myself that therapy and really honestly give working in my mental health with God was the thing that brought me closer to him. It was hard for me sometimes to feel as though this being I've never met or ever like, you know, can see on a consistent basis could feel close to because there were moments where I felt so close to God and some moments where I felt his presence and I felt overwhelmed by it. But I also then couldn't understand and wrap my mind around, well, why am I still experiencing this in life? And so what I really learned through going to counseling and also even helping clients as a therapist was that. Anything that I've been through in life, sometimes it has to be processed. It has to be addressed. I can't hide it because hiding it doesn't make it go away. Almost addressing it and talking about it. If you hear about um, just in the Bible, the Bible talks about confessing our sins and sharing each other's burdens and the value of relationship and just being very vulnerable and open with God and, and sharing the things with him that's that is on your mind and your heart and praying and why the value of prayer is so important because prayer is our communication with God. But the part of that, that that is hard sometimes is because we don't know how to address that. We feel like God doesn't care, or we kind of perceive this to be a thing instead of coming to him, knowing that we may or may have done something out of trying to just cope. A lot of us may have experienced some things and we maybe have done things that were, um, seen as shameful or not Christ-like or not seen as, or sin in general, because sin is in the world. We have sinned and done things out of trying to cope and really just trying to process and like, you know, you may walk away from God because you feel angry, not knowing that these are feelings that God really wants to talk with you about. He can say one thing, one thing I heard, and I don't remember who I heard this from was that God can handle my feelings towards him. He is all knowing. Um, And like I said, I'm gonna give y'all some scripture as it relates to this, but I'm gonna go back to triggers for a second to kind of explain this because trigger by definition means cause an event or situation to happen or exist. So when you think about a trigger, it's an event. It's something that happens. It's something that occurs. And a lot of times, again, we always we we react and may do certain coping with there to be isolation, not talking to people to kind of just like, quote unquote, deal with the situation. But God is so good in the sense that he wants to bring all things to the light. 
But the problem is that a lot of us don't really want to go there because we don't really know what it looks like to process through these uncomfortable things. And so when we don't know, we kind of just stay in the space. We stay in the confusion. We stay in the space of of honestly just not being visually able to see what is there. And so that's the thing the enemy uses. A lot of times we talk about the enemy attacks us and he does, but also he really tries to keep us from bringing things to the light. He tries to keep these things that are so, so um, hidden away from childhood or something happens when you're four and you feel it, you feel it in you of like, this is uncomfortable and I should, this shouldn't be happening, but you kind of push it away because you feel as though if I talk about it, it's going to bring a memory back. And those are the very things that God wants to have. He wants to take his light and his love and he wants to put his heart on it. He wants to take his hope and and everything he has to give and put his name on and say, even that very thing doesn't separate you from me. Even that very thing that you were so, so, so upset about and, and hurtful about and still may be an issue for you. I still want to take it no matter how many times you want to bring it to me. I still want it. And so I'm going to read a couple of scriptures as it relates to this, because, again, I really just continue to want to say like. This is so close to the father's heart. So I'm going to start with Hosea 4 and 6. And um, actually, no, not Hosea 4 and 6. I'm going to start with um, Isaiah. And I'm going to do Isaiah 43, 13. And the scripture reads, From eternity to eternity, and this is in the New Living Translation, From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. And in this actual scripture, um, God is talking to the children of Israel and talking about all of the sin that they have done and what his promise of him bringing them back to him was. And so he kind of talks in the scripture about Israel and just basically how he had basically kept them. And it says, so I'll go in verse 10. It says, but you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There has ne- there never has been and there never will be. Yes, I am the Lord. There is no other Savior. And so this goes to verse 10 and 11 of Isaiah 43. And so this confirms more than anything that God is God and that he alone has called us to him to be his children and to be promised to experience life with him. And Jesus talks about this in John 10, 10, which basically says that the enemy has come to kill, steal and destroy and the and the, the one thing I want to say before I finish the scripture is that because God has given us the ability to experience life with him, we are then redeemed through Christ who took all of those things that we are experiencing or any any type of shame or guilt or whatever and took it on the cross, which was the ultimate sacrifice to bring us back into relationship with God. I could go into atonement and all of that, but I don't have time. But the... Um, in John 10, 10, I'll read it in the New Living Translation. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. 
my purpose, and this is Jesus talking, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Another translational study that came to give you life and life more abundantly. So the thief, meaning the enemy's whole purpose is to use these things that we may experience, whatever it may be. You may have had a good life, but still had things that were still overwhelming. And his whole desire and purpose is to steal that from you, to kill it or use it to destroy you. But Jesus' whole point of life is to give you a rich and satisfying life. And so this is why I said that I believe it's so close to God's heart because God wants to take care of our mental health and literally bring us into a place where we get to know him. And so the Bible talks about in John 10, 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. And so I want you to know that Jesus' whole purpose is because God knew him, he wanted to give his life up so that we would be um, brought back into a relationship with God. And so because God is God and because God has this understanding, I believe that I read a scripture along back into Isaiah 43 again that talks and I, and I, you know, have my own woes about my own things that I have that I could go into detail about because sin is in the world and it's very important for us to know that you know, our choices, you know, can bring about consequences on things that we made out of coping. But God's promise is that, and this is not to take advantage of grace or take advantage of the freedom we have, because there is true, true consequences is to come to God with a humble and repentant heart and say, I have done these things out of trying to figure it out on my own. I've done these things because I was hurt by so-and-so. I don't fully understand why things have happened this way, Lord. I don't understand you. Help me understand you. And this vulnerability, this ability to, to be 100% with, honest with the Lord offers us the opportunity to then really, really hear the Father's heart. So I'm going to go to Isaiah 43 again, and I'm going to read verse 25 and 26. And when I read this, I really want you to understand the power of we are not condemned away from God, but we are brought into closer relationship with him because of Jesus, but also that God cares so much about it that he's willing and wanting to work with us through these things. And so in verse 25, it says, I, this is the Lord speaking. Yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake again. I will blot out your sins for my own sake because God can't be closely connected to anything that is unholy or sinful. And so because Jesus took that, we are then able to go to him with a repentant heart and receive forgiveness and our sins be blotted out. And that says for God's sake, he did that because he wanted to experience life with us. And this is what the verse says, going back to it says, and we'll never think of them again. So when he blots them out, he doesn't think about them again. Let us review the situation together. You can present your case and prove your innocence. From the very beginning, your first ancestor sinned against me. All leaders broke my laws. This is why I have disgraced your priests and have decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. And so what God is basically saying is bring this situation to me that overwhelms you. Let us talk about it together. There's another translation that basically says, let's contend together. Let's talk about the content, uh, the uncomfortable part of it. 
And so when we're again talking about this, going into more of understanding our mental health, when we don't know, we don't do. When we have no understanding, we don't do anything. And so even going into Hosea 4 and 6, this is when God was basically going off on the priests about all they had done. The priests were supposed to be the people that were leading Israel. They were supposed to be leading them into a place to commune with God, offer sacrifices to God so that they could be able to enjoy the communion with him. And he was basically saying, like, y'all aren't doing what you need to be doing. And so in Hosea 4 and 6, it basically says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. My people are being destroyed. This is a New Living Translation because they don't know me. Since you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priests. Since you have forgotten the laws of God, I will forget to bless your children. So they had sinned so much against God. They were supposed to be the people that were bringing them to God. And they didn't. But the script, the part of the scripture I really want to hone into is my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. And so people are, and I will say people even being us, are being destroyed because we don't even know that this is important to him. We don't know. We're not really knowing God. We're not knowing that he wants to deal with us and really get back into relationship with us because of these things. He wants to deal with the insecurity. He wants to deal with the heartbreak. He wants to deal with the way that that person treats you. He doesn't want you to take it into your own hands to deal with and try to get revenge on. He wants to be able to know that it's okay for you to not have this because he will take care of it as a father. And so as I'm kind of bringing this general conversation into context and bringing in also spiritually, I want to talk a little bit of the rest of the month around the specifics of different topics related to mental health, such as anxiety depression, boundaries, all of these other things, because it's, it's a, such a complex thing. There are so many parts of mental health that relate to so many areas of our lives, the way we parent, the way we have communication with our spouse, the way we talk to our professors, the way we deal in our working work job. You may have a dream of owning a business, but you work a job you hate and it impacts you every single day and you don't really know why. And you really are struggling and navigating how to communicate this with God and feel like you're about to give up. And so all of these factors weigh in. And so I really want to um, address that this month with you all. So if you enjoyed this podcast, that's all I have for this week. Definitely um, review those scriptures. I talked about Isaiah 43, uh, specifically verse 13, John 10, 10, Hosea 4 and 6 and Isaiah 43, 25 through 26. Um, And that's all for this week's episode. I love you all. Please, please, please join my email list um, and definitely take the opportunity to leave me a review. If you have an extra couple of minutes and you're on Apple, Apple iTunes, just scroll up on your phone, leave a review on the podcast page. It means so much to me. And I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Share it with a friend and I'll see y'all next week.